you want to start running and you're overweight and you're not a runner, if you say, look, I'm going to try and run 30 minutes three times a week, you're not going to stick to it. The motivation is going to wear off. There's going to be no discipline to fall back on, so you'll drop off. But if you just say, I want to get out and run for five minutes, once you're out there, you're going to run more than five minutes, but you're only committed to five minutes. I just hate it when they are so boring. When their life isn't that interesting, it's very hard for you to keep coming back and asking them questions about their life. One like super important thing I've actually noticed is not necessarily asking like a direct question, but like leading them to answer a question. You just basically want to paint the conversation in a way that you don't feel like you're just asking questions. They feel engaged, then ask you a question. Or would you call it like a net negative? (laughs) (laughs) So Chris and I have this term and we call it- What do you mean Chris and I? Are you, are you taking some ownership of that thing now? <laughs> okay. okay, it's Chris's IP. The reason you typically find out if they are a net negative, it's harsh. Imagine calling someone a net negative. You would never do that to their face. But the reality is like, <laughs> like that's a harsh thing. Imagine if you got called a net negative. Uh, someone brought up a point. They were basically worried and they had this limiting belief around if they become too successful, that they'll leave other friends behind. It's a snowball effect. Just on TikTok alone, over 30 million views. Now I go, okay, I can't stop. I want to keep going every single day until people say, look, I've had enough. Hey, mate. Hey, mate. How you going? So good. It's been a been a good weekend. It's been a busy awesome weekend. weekend. Welcome to episode two of the Modern Blueprint podcast. Yeah, and today we're going to be talking about all things social life and then also balancing that, yeah, with your career as well. Super exciting topic. I think it's so prevalent for so many people as you're trying to create something out of your life, but then at the same time, keep meeting friends, keeping those friend group in your circle and making sure you're having people to lean on when when there's tough times. And so exciting topic to talk about, that's for sure. Yeah. Firstly, like how was your weekend? What did you do? Weekend was good. Uh, we've been together a lot of the weekend, but it's been super busy. Uh, it's so funny. We were talking about it just before um, off the podcast about about saying no to things um, because of priorities and I guess given the weekend, you feel like you kind of have that edge over people when you are working um, on the weekend because you know that everyone else isn't. And so, yeah, it's been a busy weekend. Um, been building out a lot of uh, the offer that, we're, that, I'm, that I'm launching for all, all my people. Uh, stay tuned for that. It's probably already out by the time you're watching this. Um, but been making some really powerful tools for people to be able to use to help them overcome heartbreak and different grief and challenges that they're going on in their life. And it's been super fulfilling and rewarding getting it one step closer to getting it out to everyone. But how's your weekend been? Yeah, it was good, bro. I mean, I've, I did find it a little tough managing my time this weekend because I, I had a, a close friend's birthday. Um, 21st as 21st well. 21st as well. So you kind of feel, yeah, like there's a responsibility to obviously show up. But like, I mean, I've been obviously like so busy as well, just doing my own stuff with, with my own career and, and business. Um, but yeah, no, I feel like, for instance, I I still went and I showed up, but I didn't drink. Like I had, I think I had one drink or something like that. And, um, just like waking up in the morning and feeling fresh and then going to the gym and thinking to yourself, like, I feel like it gives me so much power. I kind of realized like no one else is going out on a Saturday and waking up at like six in the morning and hitting gym and then like doing like the amount of hours of work that both you and I are doing each day, even on a weekend. Yeah. Um, and I feel, yeah, it, it's, a, I think it's, it's a great feeling. It's a good feeling. Um, I reckon we, we dive into something interesting, which we talk about chasing women mm. and how that balance works when you're trying to grow your career. Um, and then you've got that burner on the back of your mind about getting women and, and putting in the effort with them and stuff. Cause yeah, I've even found that this week, making plans and having to cancel them, just prioritizing the the career and our mission and getting stuff done, getting us one step closer to our goals and knowing that the work we have to do um, to get there isn't going to do itself. Mm-hmm. So I've had to make some sacrifices, but what are, you, what are your thoughts in terms of chasing women and time and place and mm-hmm. it, when is the right time? Yeah. Is there a time? Yeah. Well, the way I think of it is like, at the end of the day, I don't think you should just like obviously seclude yourself or segregate yourself from women or like the opposite sex, whether you're a guy or a girl or whatever you are. Because like at the end of the day, like you can have your cake and eat it. Like obviously you still need to put in the work to do the things that you need to do day to day. But like 
with that in mind too, I think you need to set like a barrier with yourself. And that's what I've done for me. Like for instance, I won't, I won't go and meet up with a girl or, or go out on a date or anything like that, or even sometimes catch up with friends until I've done all the shit I need to do for that day. Because like I've realized times that I haven't gotten all of that stuff done before I went out, I never enjoy it. Like I, you I'm have that boring. thing on the back of your mind, exactly. thinking that you should have done this, should yeah. have done this. And so definitely ticking off all the things on the to-do list before doing those things is so important just for you to be present and be able to enjoy that time when you're with them as well. Exactly. And they can tell when you're not present too. It's so, so big. When you can tick everything off on your boxes of things to do, then you're with them and you're fully with them and you're present and you're enjoying their company. They're going to see that and they're going to leave, it's going to leave a way better impression on on them as well. Uh, That's for sure. How are you balancing it at the moment? It's, it's good. I still get the the urges and the desires, Mm. um, hence making plans and then canning on them. I, I think it's, yeah, just, just acknowledging the, the, the time of life I'm in, the phase of life that I'm in, having recently going through a breakup, the urge actually isn't really there as much for meaningless things. And to be completely honest, like I don't really have, I'm not, I'm not interested in having anything too meaningless. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and for me to have something meaningful, it means I need to re- put a fair bit of commitment into it and that's something I don't really want to do because I know the time commitment of a new relationship and how that how much time that takes and so Mm. I'm in a bit of a position where I'm just accepting the fact that like I can't afford to be putting in a lot of effort and I don't want anything too meaningless so yeah bit of a balance where I'm like just sacrificing maybe not doing as much of that that stuff but then getting a, a better re- reward i actually made a video about it oh no i wrote about it in the in the newsletter today talking about um discipline and how it's the greatest form of self-love like discipline is is the ability to tell yourself say no to those short-term pleasures in favor of something greater mm. and this is exactly what we're doing right now right it's like we are we are saying no to those short-term pleasures for something that's going to be way more fulfilling in the long run delayed gratification you may say and so that's exactly what we're doing by saying no to certain women or or not putting ourselves out there as much because we know what what's going to what it's going to take mm. um it's it's for something long term mm. well it's understanding value because at the end of the day like we know that in order in order for us to get the women that we feel like or would be a good match for us like we realize that they're still growing that we need to do personally but also that like yeah if, if you're not at the standard that you're happy with like you need to come first like always and if you feel like you're not at that standard yet you need to do so much growth to get there and and if that means yeah not spending as much time with women then that's kind of what you have to do in this phase of your life that that's like that's something i really want to bring up like different phases of your life and when it when you think it is a good idea because i I know, like, I want kids eventually. I want to have a family. I want to be able to support a family and and obviously have have those really meaningful moments. But, like, we also need to work out because there's there's different phases for everything. So, like, what's your opinion on, yeah, the different phases of your life and when you should be hustling versus when you should be, like, just relaxing? Yeah, or even if you should be doing either of the two. I I think a lot of people get asked this question and they give ages and time frames and stuff and i think age is completely separate to phase of life because people go through different things in different phases of their life and so i think it's all dependent on what your goals are how close you are to achieving those goals and then uh and then yeah and then setting barriers between that in terms of what you can do in those times because i could easily go out and say oh in your 20s you should do this and in your 30s you should do this and in your teens you should do this but the reality is not the case like i moved out of home at 17 but and so and and got into business and raised capital and raised a lot of money and matured at such a young age people might not do that till 25 30 40 but we might be at a certain similar phase of life so the age is definitely not a, a contributing factor in my opinion. Um, that goes with everything. But um, I think, yeah, maturity levels, how like how far are you down the line of, of getting to where you want to be? How's your money looking? How's your health? How's your emotional intelligence? 
all of these factors play a massive role in when is the right time to get into a relationship because if you're not in tune with yourself, you're not emotionally intelligent, you're not um, conscious of your own thoughts and what's going on, I don't think um, it's the right time. But then at the same time, getting into relationships at that time will maybe force you to level up in your emotional intelligence, being more self-aware. So it's one of those, you've got to find that balance. I think the biggest thing I would say is do not go looking for it. Let it find you. And if it's right, perfect, divine and right on time, mm -hmm. then then go for it and give it a crack and you should give it everything you got um, because you're going to live the breakups where you're going to learn so much from it as well. Exactly. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, I really like that point of, yeah, it's not necessarily the age or the time that you're in at the moment, but it's more about the experiences you've had because like those experiences obviously give you a depth of knowledge of sort of how you should be acting, like what you should be doing at different stages of your life. So like I 100% agree like when, because like age can just be quite arbitrary. Like if you're 20, people think that you should be traveling around Europe backpacking which is great like some people i think it's awesome to do that i think a lot of you can gain a lot of experience from traveling but then for others like you and i like it like it just wouldn't seem it, it just wouldn't seem right at least to me to be traveling right now because that's not the phase of my life like i've i've enjoyed my younger years like already i'm still quite young but it's like i enjoy what i'm doing now i enjoy the process of working hard every day because i know it's priorities though as well right yeah like your your priorities right now given your phase of life is leading you to working instead of traveling like would you would you agree 100 percent. and yeah it just comes back to like aligning yourself with your purpose because at the end of the day like while balancing social life and then also career might seem really difficult if you have your why like with with a why you can bear anyhow so what i mean by that is like if you have something that you're driving towards each day that you're passionate about no matter how hard that task might seem like you can overcome it because you have that powerful why yeah yeah for, for sure i mean why plays a massive role in it and it plays a massive role in motivation to do things as well when we talk about like people getting into fitness and getting into into like their training maybe they they're not used to training a lot um and they decide that they want to start getting fit and healthy so then they get into the gym and keep in mind their routine now is zero days a week, maybe one day a week. And they decide that all of a sudden they want to start doing five days a week and go to the gym five days because they want to get their dream body. And they rush into this. And what happens is they then realize that they get one day, they're doing five days a week. They get really sore one day and they go, oh, I've been training hard. I deserve a day off. And that one day off turns into two days off, three days off. The motivation wears off. They've got no discipline to fall back on. So then they stop and the routine doesn't last. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's, um, yeah, I think, I think they come that even what you're saying before, it ties back down to discipline and um, developing that muscle of discipline really. And so being able to say no to certain things, being able to stick to your why and your mission um, and you're having that underlying reason that's going to keep you pushing forward. So you're not reliant on things like motivation uh, to get the job done that you need to get done. Exactly. I want to digress a little bit and talk about business in a sense, but I also want to tie it into social because like, for instance, just to give you like a little anecdote, like a story that, that um, I came across the other day, um, I was talking to like a really good mate and he's someone that's tried like lots of different businesses in the past, but like, for instance, what you just brought up then, not necessarily having, I guess, like the powerful not motivation but the discipline behind like sticking to something like a gym routine for instance for him his situation is that like he's a super creative guy like he's got so many awesome ideas but like he just won't actually execute he'll execute but he'll do it for maybe like one to two weeks max and like there's this great quote that i've heard from from alex Hamozi, and it's like the reason that people aren't successful with like a business model for example is because it's not that the business model doesn't work it's that they stick with it for 90 days and then expect to have like immense results like amazing results and it's like if you're if you're finding something new to stick with every single 90 days like nothing's gonna nothing's gonna stick like and you've you've i'm sure you've noticed that like it took you 100 videos to to eventually get some some that started doing really well 
And it's just like, at the end of the day, like you need to keep sticking with it. And that's why it's so important to have that why. And that's why it's also like tying back into social as well. Like if you have an important why, that's going to help you sort of not have to stress around worrying about hanging out with friends enough or, or whether that's like going to be a, a thing that stops you or gets in the way of you pursuing your career or your mission, your business. Yeah. yeah. And, and then I guess like the, the why is, is really important. But when we actually think about why people quit, in the first place for you were talking about they do 90 days and they leave hormozy quote like why do they quit because they just want something quick they're impatient and they think because it's a lot of things are portrayed online that you can do this really quickly they're impatient they want money now or they want to succeed in something now and now 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 and because the the primary motivator is the money not anything else they get to it and they go, fuck, we're not getting any results. I'm putting in this work. This is exhausting. This isn't working. This is a scam. So then they get out of it and then they leave. And so it's like they don't stick to something. So they, yeah, so they, it just, it just get, cuts out. Whereas if you can have a macro vision and micro action, meaning you can have a macro vision on where you're trying to get to and you're implementing fast mic you're moving quickly in the micro scheme of things so every day you're moving quick you're doing heaps of things but and gary v was speaking about it we went and we went and watched gary v um a couple of days ago and he was talking about how uh you he has he doesn't care if something doesn't work because he has such a macro vision he has such a big picture so it doesn't hurt him when something fails but what he does do is he's like, he doesn't, he says, oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm allowing five years, 10 years for this to happen. And he doesn't mean that to slack off. He doesn't mean oh, I'm just going to give wait 10 years to get some results. He just says, if it doesn't happen in 10 years, uh, it, it, it doesn't happen. I've got 10 years to do it. But what he was saying is like, you can have a macro vision, but then fast micro action. So you're still doing everything you possibly can every single day to get it done, but you don't get disheartened when it doesn't happen as quick as you may want it to happen. Mm. So it comes back down to that. People normally don't have the macro vision. They just have the micro. And then as soon as they, they don't get to that micro, they just move on to something next and they hop around, hop and change. Mm. I think change isn't always negative because you've got to make sure you're climbing the right ladder as well. And I think that's really important because you might think you're sticking out at something and you think, oh, I've got this macro vision. I just know it's going to take three years to get some good results. But you might be climbing the wrong ladder. The ladder, the top of the ladder you might be climbing might cap it with something that you don't even want. And so, yeah, I think it's important to make sure you have a macro vision, but the vision is the right area. You're climbing the right ladder. Mm. Um, and a lot of people don't have that realization and they spend years doing something that's the wrong thing. Exactly. And yeah, just to like add on to that point. So when Gary V, like one thing that was always misconstrued in his messaging was like patience and this is something I loved he's like a lot of people think that when I say like patience is important they think you should just slack off and not do anything but like his whole thing around patience is just understanding that like if you do the small things right and you consistently do it like you you need to be patient on the results you still need to take the action but like at the end of the day if you're doing the results you're in a good market you you found a niche that you can actually provide value in like you're gonna you're gonna provide value and you're gonna get reciprocated back that value like mm. which is money um one of my favorite books is atomic habits by james clear have you you've read the book never never read the book no. oh it's, it's amazing highly recommend yeah. um and atomic habits talks about implementing little things into your daily routine and how those little atomic little habits turn into massive results. And so it's like the one percenters and, and a massive thing he talks about is creating as little friction between yourself and the tasks that needs to be done. So he talks about like you're getting into the gym or you want to start running and you're overweight and you're not a runner. If you say, look, I'm going to try and run 30 minutes three times a week, you're going to get, you're not going to stick to it. The motivation is going to wear off. There's going to be no discipline to fall back on. So you'll drop off. But if you just say, I want to get out and run for five minutes three times a week. 
once you're out there, you're going to run more than five minutes, but you've only committed to five minutes. So you're lying in bed, you're really dreading it. You're like, come on, mate, I've committed to five minutes of running. Let's just get out there. Let's just lace the shoes up and get out there. You're going to probably do more than five minutes, but you're only committing to that. And then once five minutes becomes super, super easy and you've really, you've really committed to five minutes every week, then you might up it to 10 and 15. And you're developing these atomic habits that are slowly getting better and better, but then it's compounding and compounding into some major life changes. It's an amazing book. Um, and yeah, I think that's the same thing as well. Creating as little friction as you can between yourself and the things that you need to get done so you can get those things done. Mm, yeah, 100%. I want to digress a little bit again. So this, like, obviously the, the podcast today is just basically about balancing social life with career. And while we're on that, like a lot of people think that you need to have like a separate friend group. So one group that you can just like mess around with, like get drunk, like do whatever you want, like whatever you enjoy doing. But then on that same token as well, they think they should separate their career and then their friend group. But I don't think that's important. I mean, you're in, business with literally one of your one of your best mates and i think with that too like for instance at gary v like we met some some awesome people there that were also aligned with, with their own mission and i think like being around people like that it doesn't necessarily feel like you're having to i guess make as much as as much as as much of an effort to actually balance the two because like at the end of the day if you're aligned with people that yeah, are pursuing their own mission and it's similar to what you do as well. Like it makes it so easy to talk to them. Like the conversation flows. You're in a state where you just, yeah, like constantly feel like you can provide value for them. And like, yeah, I, I think definitely having different friend groups can be important, but also like trying to find like a tight group of friends that are also like that have some sort of mission that they're trying to strive for. It doesn't have to be the same industry, but having something that, that they're actually passionate about too. I feel like that makes it so much easier to balance like your social life and then career on top of that too. What do you think? You can see the passion in other people and it inspires you. And this comes back to relationships as well. Like when you're in a, in a romantic relationship, you need to see their passion. You don't have to agree with their passion. You just need to see that they're passionate at something. And it's the same when you're with friends because if they're not passionate about anything, they're not very inspired. You're not really inspired by them. It's like, like how, like if you're the sum of the five people you hang around and yes, on the weekend we were hanging out after Gary Vee, we were hanging out with some really inspired and motivated and driven people that we were so aligned with. We just really loved spending time with them because the energy was there. We're bouncing off each other. We were all driven and like interested in what everyone else was doing and when you're lacking that, like, and your friends aren't that, you have to do other things to substitute. You have to drink or do drugs or whatever that may look like to have a good time. <laughs> like, mm. we, we don't need a drink. We, we were there. I had one beer. You didn't even drink. Mm. And we were chatting for hours on end. With a friend group that might be more of a party friend group, you could still chat for hours on end. It probably won't, it'll be like a funny chat, which is still a great chat, by the way. It's like, I like having that, those friends, I like being able to dabble into that too. But like, you've got to have some sort of grog there or you've got to have something there that's going to um, make it easier to flow and chat um, because the, the convos aren't inspiring. So it doesn't flow as much, definitely. Mm. That's a super interesting concept. Like, I, I love thinking about that, whether like having a conversation with someone like while you guys are both like drunk, I feel like in the moment you feel like there's an amazing connection, but I don't think there's actually the depth that you think there is in that conversation until you've got like that, what's the word? Like, I guess different understanding of like reality, which is like when you're drunk, I feel like, yeah, your connection isn't going to be as strong. You might think it is, but I feel as though like if I, if there's a close friend to me, or a friend, sorry, that, yeah, like I can only communicate and have like a, a nice, like deeper, meaningful chat with while they're drunk. I don't feel the same connection as so someone. And the that recollection of that chat as well is nowhere near as, as clear as, as it would be if it was sober. So you can have the combo and still feel like it's a deep chat, but then it's probably not going to be as like, it's not going to be as remembered. Mm. You'll probably catch up. You're not going to be able to recite everything you spoke about. Probably end up repeating certain things again. Mm -hmm. 
And so, yeah, I think, I think that alcohol is, is a bit of a liquid confidence in a sense as well, though it can help begin. Um, it can help begin friendships and relationships. Um, it's not always the best meeting people for the first time on like drunk, but where it can capitalize from it is it lowers bar- walls really easily. So then you can get in front of people and meet people. It's what you do off the back of that night out. If you catch up with them sober, you go train, you go for a walk, get a coffee or something. I feel like that's when the bond can grow. So it's not always negatives. There's positives to everything. Um, and I think meeting people can be a positive there because like, I mean, in the right circles, like you can still meet really aligned people with you that are out drinking because everyone wants to have a bit of fun once in a while um, but I think it's what you do off the back of those times that ma- matter in terms of building that relationship for sure yeah 100% agree with that I'd just say like it's super important to not use that as like a as an excuse to like get drunk like to, to feel like oh, I can only build positive relation or not even positive relationships like any relationships if I'm drunk definitely um, not the case but no I do yeah. definitely agree because it does it, it it's liquid confidence like it does lower people's like barrier of literally the approach but at the end of the day like you need to learn that like you need to be able to do that without being intoxicated like it's For such sure. an important you need skill. to learn that skill definitely yeah. and also certain people tolerate alcohol differently as well and it, uh, like it depends on your sort of personality as a whole like some people might be more addictive and they can't really have that balance of just having one or two beers. It's like an all or nothing sort of vibe. Or you can have people that just don't really like drinking at all and they choose to not drink. There's a lot of different factors because like if you can just dabble in it and have a, a, a social beer or something like that, then that's fine. Um, you don't really have a negative relationship with alcohol. Um, but for some people, like the relationship with alcohol is is bad and maybe that's not a valuable thing whereas you can build relationships over over a beer or two with 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 someone at the pub um like and that and i don't see too many negatives in that but yeah it's more when it when it when it accelerates and, and turns into a few too many beers and then that's the only time you remember them as soon as you have a friend where you only remember them when you're drinking that's like not the best because it's typically not a good relationship because then when you have things like I, in lockdown, for example, in, during um, that horror, like that crazy time in 2021, um, I was meeting people out a lot and partying and I didn't really hang out with many people sober because I was just working when I was sober. And then we went into lockdown and I had no one to hang out with. No one was no not we never i never built any good relationships with people when i just moved to sydney that weren't partying so i didn't really have anyone and then we couldn't go out and so i was like a bit i got a bit lonely i went through a bit of a lonely period then um so yeah i think it's definitely way more important to build relationships sober yeah 100% i want to talk about cuz i know we you and i had a separate conversation about this but it was a funny one that i brought up and then you you agreed to it but like here when we you're go. talking, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> when you're talking to like a girl, for instance, and you feel like she's not necessarily, it's not that she's not trying to give anything like of value to the conversation, but it's like when you feel like she doesn't like necessarily have something that you could even ask about. Like, what do you think people should do in that situation? What do you do? I like, hate that you- situation, man. <laughs> I just hate it when they are yeah. so boring, and not boring in the sense. But like, like a, a conversation goes two ways and we were talking, you're, you're talking in the context of like when one person's maybe doing the majority of the talking, which yeah. is that what you were saying about yeah. the other, like the other day, like when their life isn't that interesting, it's very hard for the convo for you to keep coming back and asking them questions about their life because like you end up talking about plants or like what do you do on the weekend or like something something a bit more surface level. And so I feel like it's, it's when you've got more going for you and it's not like in an ego way or anything like that. It's just when the reality is if you've got more things interesting happening in your life, it's, it's very hard to make the combo about them. Um, something I really want to work on if I'm completely honest as well. I don't want to be the one that talks a lot in a conversation. I want it to be mutual. If not, if anything more about them, 
I'm trying to show that I care, but at the same time, sometimes it just flows the other way. Mm. What are your tactics? What, what do you do? <laughs> I mean, just like asking questions. Um, it can be hard to definitely come up with a, like a good question sometimes. But like one of the most, like one like super important thing I've actually noticed is not necessarily asking like a direct question, but like leading them to answer a question. So it's like, uh, it's hard to give an example, but like you just basically want to paint the conversation in a way that you don't feel like you're just asking questions. You want to make it seem like you're like not setting it up for a question, but like that they're then they feel engaged then ask you a question it, it's hard to explain i probably haven't if done they a perfect do, if job they don't that, the but. the worst thing is is when they mm. don't ask questions and it's like you speak mm. there, there's a couple of things there's not asking questions back or not even like and this is just basically surface level people but it's like you ask them a question or you tell them about something that they've asked or you tell them about like something i don't know you, you talk to them about something you're doing in your life and instead of them asking you like a, a follow-on question from that, like you ask them this really cool question or you ask them, like you tell them something really cool. Instead of them asking a question about what you've just said, they just go, oh, nice, congrats, like cool. And then they have the surface level answer because for a conversation to flow, you need to be asking, you need to be going back and forth. And so if I say something really powerful and then they just go, oh, sick or cool, it's almost like, they haven't listened to what I'm saying or they don't really, they're not intelligent enough to be able to respond in a, in a way. So they just go, Oh yeah, nice. Mm -hmm. So then the convo gets a bit dead. Cause then I'm caught thinking, all right, now I've got to think of another question or another topic to talk about. And then you end the conversation, you're just exhausted because it's all just mm -hmm. been, you've had to control the whole thing. Um, I, I think those are like the worst things. hundred percent. And I know you and I get along really well. And I think that the reason why is because we ask like our personalities and all, it's not even maybe our personalities. I mean, we've probably built the skill. Curiosity as curiosity, well. Curiosity, yeah. Like because we're such curious people and because we ask like in-depth questions to each other all the time. And that's why we thought it was such a great idea to have a pod as well. But like, I feel like you and I can associate so much better and it just feels like such an easier like relationship to have like someone else that can also ask like in-depth questions like yeah even even just like with like finding a significant other if because i know this is something that you, you've said that has like attracted you in the past to like part like different partners you've been with but like i feel like having someone that's like yeah just also curious is so important it's a necessity yeah. it's not even just like a, a nice to have it, it's a necessity it's so funny when i i like speak to some of my other mates maybe I haven't spoken to for a while or I meet someone new and I'm just gravitating towards them. I said to you, we're not naming any names, but I said to you like the other day, like five, there was like, a, there was like a handful of people in my life who I think about straight away. And I'm like, they're, they're the best people in my life. And the, the reason for it was because of how much they flow how much we're alike, how engaging the conversations can be, how in-depth we go and the topics we talk about. And even if the topic is surface level, we can make it deep. And there's only like a handful of people. I've told you the other day. And it's like, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy how you gravitate towards those people so much more than everyone else. Mm. Because there's substance. Like, they're, they're not surface level. They're engaging. And it's so, so important. But um, mm. but yeah, and, and I think honestly that ties back into when we talk about balancing your social life with your career, when you are talking to someone that is surface level and you're trying to balance your career, you know that you're going out of your way to meet with these people because you're trying to work on your mission and your purpose. Like when you're having these dead conversations, that's when it can be like, you feel like you're wasting your time. Because when you're balancing these two, the career and the, and the social life, you can feel like unless that in interaction's great and you're loving spending that time with that person, whether it's romantic, platonic, whatever it is, you feel like it's good use of time. But I think the when you're struggling with the balance and you feel like you're wasting time and you should be working your career is when it's not, it's surface level. It's not got a lot of substance. Because then you go, oh, fuck, like... 
I'm actually exhausted. I don't even really rate this. I don't want to do this. It's got all that I just have to drink because I can't have this convo. I feel it feels forced. And then you feel like you should just be working on yourself. And then that's when you go back and cancel things and, mm. and don't hang out with them and stuff like that. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's super interesting. And I think you and I are experiencing that more than we probably ever have. Cause like both like, yeah, we're progressing at such like a fast rate that like, obviously people can see that not only passion that we have, but also the drive and sort of tenacity towards the work that we do. And like people are, are more attracted to that. So what that means that we have to do is like obviously have better boundaries because it's like, I know there's people that have like reached out to me, for instance, that yeah, I don't necessarily gain that much value having a relationship with them, like having whatever what it is. What would you call botanical. it like a net negative? <laughs> <laughs> so Chris and I have this term. And we what call do you mean, Chris and I? Are you, are you taking some ownership of that thing now? <laughs> okay. okay, it's Chris's IP, all right? Intellectual property. Um, nah, joking. He, we, can, we can both have it, but net negative. Yeah. Talk about it, mate. Um, yeah, I guess a net negative in your words is just basically having a relationship with someone that doesn't provide any value and only brings negatives to your life. Well, well, um, it can bring some value, but the negatives far outweigh yeah. the positives. That's why it's a net not, not a gross negative, like a net negative. Yeah. And so like net positive, net negative, like there, there's people where you can identify them. And like, it's like, like sometimes, and the reason you typically find out if they are a net negative and it's, it's harsh, it's harsh. Imagine calling someone a net negative. You would never do that to their face. But the reality is like, <laughs> like that's a harsh thing. Imagine if you got called a net negative. Uh, I probably, I, oh, I wouldn't, no. it wouldn't feel nice in the stomach. It'd pe feel like you no. just got like punched. Yeah. Um, but the reality is, it's like, so you can feel it. Don't mm. tell it to their face. Real, like that's horrible. But like reality is, it's like there's net negatives in probably most of our lives. And you've got to maybe not like fully eliminate them. Just disassociate yourself with them a little bit. Um, because like it can, it's very consuming. Maybe I get worked up about it more than normal people, mm. but that's just cause I'm harsh with the people I have in my life. I'm, I'm strict with it because I know the impact that these people have. And I've seen my progression decrease when I'm hanging out with these people more. And so I've, you've got to be harsh with it, I think. And so, um, yeah, when there's, when there's net negatives, which is literally, the negatives that they do in your life bring you into your life is far more than the positives. You kind of mm. just got to bite the bullet and, 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 and move on from them to at least to decrease the capacity you're spending with them. Exactly. Like, I think a lot of net negative individuals can come from... What a word. <laughs> what a word. <laughs> can come from just like having like a bias towards your old friends or maybe it can e a net negative can even be a family member as well. It's unconditional like, love typically yeah. formed with someone. So you feel obliged to spend time with them, but they're bringing more negative than positive. Yeah. So you still want to keep them in their life because there's, they've played a massive role in your life because they've been with you for a long time. Typically, um, they could be net negatives early days, but that means they're easy to, to fuck off, really. Mm. If, they're, if they're early days, you haven't spent much time, you can just get rid of them. It's fine. Mm. But if they're played a long part, part in their life and maybe they don't think you're a net negative, that's when it becomes like they're still reaching out, they still want to hang out and you don't really want to. So it's harder to say no. So I'm not saying eliminate them, just maybe like sift them out a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. I'm going to go off the riff here, but like I feel like either you've made a video or I've seen like a quote of it. And it's like when you get back together with like an old ex, for instance, all that you're thinking about or like all that you're going off is like the good memories. I don't know if I've word worded that perfectly, but you're just basically that whole like relationship that you've just gotten back together with them. You're just considering like the old memories, like the good, happy times. Mm. But there's also just like, you need to remember the negatives and like obviously the downside of being with someone that's either a net negative or like has put you through a hard time because it's like if you're getting back together with that person or you're keeping a friend that's a negative influence in your life, like don't just think about the old memories that were great with them. Think about what they're actively doing to you like day to day. Like are they, are they giving you value? Are they there for you when you need? Are they there in your lowest moments? Because like at the end of the day, it's great to have old memories with, with friends that were great at the time. But like, if you still don't feel that connection, if you don't have 
yeah, some sort of value from that relationship. Like, don't just you need to audit your circle. I call it like yeah, audit your circle. Like like a um an accountant would audit audit taxes. Like <laughs> you got to sometimes cut them. Like hundred percent, hundred percent. I think um this ties really well into I was chatting to my friend Walter about about how fr- why friend groups change and why they change so much and it all starts within school and the crazy part is when you're when you're in school you might be in a classroom of say 30 and that's your that's your sample space that's the that's your available friends that's all you can meet 30 people in a sense maybe more in a grade maybe there's a little bit less bit more whatever it is but you got about 30 people to meet and that's it and you're spending eight hours every single day with them. That is forced time spent with each other. And you either don't like them and have no friends or you have some friends. So, so, so like that's, that's what happens. So, and then when you get out to the real world, all of a sudden you're exposed to millions of people. You're naturally going to find people that you relate, resonate with more, you relate with more. So then you're going to be gravitate towards other people outside of your school friends and then that's why the friend group changed. And that's where I thought it stopped. And then Walter said something quite profound as well, which is a massive contributor to relating on, uh, to being close and resonating with someone is if you've got a lot of things that you can relate on. And in school, you can talk shit about the same teachers because you've got the same teachers. You can talk about the same assignments, the same subjects, the same things because you've got all these things to relate on you could form friendships based on your relatabilities as opposed to actually building a bond between each other. So then when you leave school, you can't relate on the same teachers that were fuckwits, the the assignments that were hard, the ones that did well, the sport class you're in. You can't relate on any of these things anymore because they don't have anything. So when all of those are stripped away, you're forced to just make friends with you and them and build a friendship and connection. And then you realize that, you guys aren't really alike. Then you move on and lose that friend. Mm. And so that's probably why friend groups change. The more we grow, the more people we meet, the more sample space we have of friends, the more likely we're going to meet people that are more aligned with us and what we like. Exactly. Um, I want to just talk about, because like we, I mean, I have like a, a quite a close group of friends. I also do have like a more extended group of friends too, but like some that I'll keep closer than others. But like, do you feel like you're constantly having to weigh up whether there's people that you need to like cut out of your life or like whether you, like are you constantly trying to assess whether someone's like a net negative, for example? I'm not actively doing it, but I think I'm quite conscious with it. And I think it's just because I value my time so much at the moment that and so much I'm trying to create I just don't see the value in certain social settings if it's not going to benefit me. Like I think it's really, I I prioritize my relationships and my friends and my people around me. They're they're the top priority. I think it's a massive contributor to happiness, but only if it's going to, I'm going to get enjoyment out of it to the point where I feel at peace and relax when I'm with them. Because if I'm feeling like I can be doing better things, like For example, the five people that I've told you, we're not naming any names. You're in it. Sam's in it. A couple of people, right? These are people that I get get a lot of value hanging out with because the convos flow. We get along really well. Like time flies when we're together just because of how easy it is and how in depth we go. I I value hanging out with them and I want to keep them in my life. I value those friends and relationships. So I'm going to do whatever I can to keep them. And if that means sacrificing some work, I'll do that with a heartbeat and easily. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm assessing the negatives for sure when, when it comes to the people I'm hanging out with just because I have such a vision and goal that I'm trying to get to sooner rather than later for sure. What about you? 100%. And it, it just all comes back to like working out whether they are giving you value, like whether you feel, I guess, super comfortable being around them. And yeah, like with that as well because I've definitely been in a position where I haven't necessarily felt like the person that I hang around with has been like the most positive influence in my life and I feel like when you have that mission it kind of makes it a lot easier for you to I guess 
cut that that almost like fat I don't when I say fat though I just mean like the thing that's not necessarily needed in your life because it's like at the end of the day like if there's someone that's in your life they're not necessarily providing you that much value and you're only just with them because of the good memories you had in the past but they're actively like a bad friend they're not there for you or whatever it is like or they're a negative influence like it's not worth having them and yeah I think 100% you become more conscious of it once you have that mission because like once you have a mission you obviously don't have as much time to just waste um and yeah it comes a lot easier to kind of I think a lot of the time as well like they're not going anywhere this is the thing like if you have to sacrifice not hanging out with them as much in the short term so you can work on growing something amazing when you grow that thing that's amazing do you think they're just gonna not hang out with you anymore like you've leveled up yourself which in a sense has made you more attractive to people not just like not just as like romantic and like physical attraction like attraction to want to be in your life these friends that you might have not let go but just taken one step back with for a little bit a lot of the time they're not just going to go running away like you can get your your stuff done and you're going to be more attractive to them. Like they're going to want to be in your life because they, you're going to motivate them. Like when you're around them, because you've got to this level, they're going to see what's possible. You might be inspire them to better their lives as well. And yeah, I, I, I think sometimes you've just got to weigh it up and you've just got to like decide on, on what phase, go back to phases of your life. Like what phase of your life you're in? What do you want to do in that phase of life? Is it travel, party, learn new things because if it is that's brilliant that's great i respect everyone doing that because like i i I love that i wish in my mind that my mind would let me do that because i i i I can't like i I can't do that so i wish i had aspects that i respect that so if that's your phase of life then cool go do that and then you might have a quarter life crisis at in 10 years time or eight years time or whatever that you might be like fuck maybe i should have done this or you might get to that time and be like, oh, I'm so grateful I did all this. Um, now it's time to do this. And you're in a different phase of life. But yeah, I think, um, I think like, you've got to take some, you've got to be serious about your life, but on a macro scale, but you shouldn't get too caught up in all the details. Mm, 100%. I think it's just so great, like forming relationships like Chris and I have, like you can gain so much value from having the same perspective. And it comes back to like relatability. If you can relate with someone, that's when you form a good, a good relationship. And it's like just hearing Chris even say the fact that like he he wishes that like if he could, like he wishes that he could switch off, switch off. But like I like I couldn't resonate with something more because it's like I feel the exact same way. Um, there was also this really interesting thing. It was actually at the Q and A um, for Gary V, and someone brought up a point of like they were basically worried and they had this limiting belief around if they become too successful that they'll leave other friends behind. And it's so interesting because it's such a foreign concept to me. And I know I even asked you that while we were there. I was like, do you feel like that? Because I've never, honestly, never been worried about like me progressing so much to then lose friends. And I guess that just comes back to like, maybe it's something that's been instilled into people. But it's like, you need to remember, if you have that in your head, you need to create a framework of like, if you're becoming, if you're progressing, if you're getting to a point where you're becoming a better version of yourself, you're not only going to be able to support those others, like your friends, your family, your parents, but you're also going to be in a position where you can influence those people. Like the amount of like influence is such a positive thing to people. If you're literally in a position where you're doing like amazing things with your life, And that means that you're spending, I guess, a fraction less with the friends that are really close to you and that mean a lot. The fact that you're not spending as much time with them, but you're also progressing at such an amazing speed or you're you're just at a point where you're helping so many others, that's going to be such greater value than you just spending a couple extra hours with them a week. Because it's like, you're not only going to make their life better off by influencing them in a super positive way, but you're also just going to be happy, happier yourself. And it's like, that's yeah. then going to reflect onto them. And then yeah. it's, it's a crazy, it's a crazy feeling. And I noticed this when I started getting a lot of growth on, on the socials, 
You used to like look for people, look to people for inspiration and be inspired by people. But the best feeling is when you inspire others. Like it is the most mind blowing thing when you get all these messages about how much you're helping people, you're inspiring people, you're sharing things that they can resonate with that getting the ability for me to be the one that inspires people inspires me more than anyone else can inspire me. And so it's like when it comes back to leaving your, like leaving your friends behind, uh -uh, you're not leaving your friends behind. Like when the, when the tide rises, all the boats do too. And if they're going to stay in your life and accept that you're prioritizing your mission, which might mean that you're not hanging out with them as much and they're on the same page, they don't harass you when you know you don't want to and everything's all clear, like it's only going to benefit everyone because they look at you and go, wow, he's really getting after it. Maybe I can get after it. And so it's inspiring them. And so, and all it takes is them to message you and say, thank, man, like, thank I just got to let you know, like you've actually inspired me. And then all, all that, that's enough for me to go, wow, okay, I'm inspiring people. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And like, it's a snowball effect because you get more and more, especially as the socials grow in the hundreds, you get all this thing. It's like, I was writing in my newsletter today about the hard hitting quotes and appreciating everyone for all the support. I posted 50 of those and it, they've gotten just on TikTok alone over 30 million views from the 50, which is insane um seeing that when i start I've posted the first one i had like three thousand followers on that the, on the platform like it's so crazy but when you look at it it's like do you think i would have kept going with that if it didn't get that many views but it's not even the views it's it's all the feedback all the messages from the videos the impact i'm making on people is inspiring me to keep going because now i go okay i can't stop i want to keep going every single day until people say look i've had enough and like the reality is I'm getting hundreds of DMs every day about how much they're helping. So it'd be silly for me to stop. I can't stop. I'm too inspired. And so it's like you, you, you witness it firsthand. Like we've had a huge day, 12 hours. I'll be up since 5 a.m. It's 5 p.m. sunset. Have no idea what I'm going to film about. Like I've got to post videos tonight, two a day. I've got no idea what I think about. And I get it done and it's like the most inspiring thing because I know that the more I post this, the more it's going to snowball, the more people I'm going to help, the more inspired I'm going to get, the, the better I'm going to get out of my life as well, which in turn is going to flow down to everyone else as the tide rises, all the boats do too. Mm. Yeah. I think we should end it on that point. That was great. That was awesome. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Cool, cool. Cool. How good, man. Episode two. Episode two blueprint. in the banks. Uh, let us know what you guys' thoughts are. And drop a comment down below of any topics you want us to speak about, anything that's recent, frequent that you've been pondering on. We would love to know and you might get a feature in the next episode or the one coming yeah. after that. Awesome convo. That's great. Awesome convo, mate. Great chatting, man. Yeah. And have an amazing rest of your day, guys. See you Lots guys. of love. See you later.